good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right. Well, welcome back to another the home episode of the podcast for the host of the podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. My name's Ted Smith, by the way. All right. In the left corner, in a new room. This our name, Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Gentlemen, 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 have we got a lot to talk about this week? What's going on? I love you both, and I'm pumped to be here. <laughs> oh, down there in the bottom square, getting the studio all set up. Make sure everything's recording. Matt, Tomer, the producer, MCTT. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. <laughs> Good to go. Oh, I'm just laughing. It's funny, like, uh, I have friends that aren't into tennis shoes, right? So, like, I like Air Maxes or whatever. It's just funny. Like, Karen now is kind of hip to Air Maxes. She just sent me a picture. Like, this guy's got your Air Maxes. That's one of the pairs. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you know what's funny is, like, I heard the nervous laugh, and I was like, oh, Ted's not happy about something. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That, that's, that's it, it was teared on nervous. That's just me laughing, like, oh, oh. you're an Air Max person now. <laughs> uh, it's totally, totally fine if he has the same rare shoes as I do. Right. <laughs> Well, when I went to Milwaukee, I pulled out my bag, another pair of shoes, and my buddy Will just looks at me. He goes, you brought an extra pair of tennis shoes? I go, yeah, only worn them once. And he goes, tell me you're from PG County without telling me you're from PG County. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, yeah, that's a pretty good call. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I've worn them to a Seahawks game, and then I wore them all around Milwaukee one day. And I'm like, damn it, I should have worn them more this summer. Now it's raining again, so they're going to be sitting on the oh, shelf yeah. for a minute. Dude, Ted, I, I'd be curious. We don't have to go off on a big tangent, but I am curious to hear your insight. Why are like fresh kicks so big in the hood? Why is that important? Like as a status symbol or whatever? I don't know. Just one of those things? It's just one of those things. And then what's it? Air Max 95s was like the first real pair of shoes I bought for myself. And I mean, I love those things. But they, for whatever reason, I just always liked Air Max. And then, you know, you just grow up with everybody rocking sweet kicks. It was like it was like a thing. So once I started, like I could have I had a job and I could buy. I mean, that's what I did with my first like one of my first paychecks. Was I went I went to the mall or White Flint Mall out in Montgomery County. And I was like, I'm getting a pair of those Air Max. Dang. And this one you were working at the liquor store. Now, this is when I was still a uh, landscaper for Bernie. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. How I mean. God, this sounds terrible because I was only like 17 or 18. I'm still in high school. I literally get a paycheck, go buy those shoes the next day. And then that night I vomited Alizé on them. Dude, the craziest part of that story is that you're drinking Alizé. I mean, the party we went to, man, it was in Hyattsville. And it was like, that's back when like everybody drank like vodka, like, like Belvedere or some shit. I don't even remember. There was like a bunch of dudes there and they were like, Ted, we got the Alizé. And I was like, fruit punch, hang it, hand it over. Dude, that's hilarious. I made the mistake the other day. Somebody offered me some Belvedere and I was like, oh, you got Belvy? And just got laughed out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, the fact that you're sipping Alizé, that's like, I mean, that's, that's up there with like, you know, Cavassier cognac, man. I love that. Or like Henny, you know, <laughs> now it makes sense. The shoe thing makes sense to me now. I totally get it. 
Well, dude, I, that used to be one of my fantasies that I'd be rich enough to just be in a limousine reading in East Bay and just like ordering, like, send this one, send that pair, send that pair. So, and like, there's a lot of arguments that the shoe culture has gotten ridiculous, which I agree with. They're like, I don't know. You see so many people now that rock like ridiculous shoes. And I'm like, did you always like them? And like, it's a whole topic of discussion, but you're right. I, I don't know the reason, but I just know like shoes were a big thing. It's about, I think it's just about like trying to stunt and show you have money. Like I, you got clean shoes without a crease. Yeah. Well, dude, and the, you know, I mean, I, I think that's, that's worth something. And also, yeah, shoe culture now has gotten wild, but that's kind of the nature of the internet. You know, things go to the extreme. And I do think people have, two competing desires. You know, one is to fit in obviously and be accepted. And the other one, of course, diametrically opposed is to stand out. And so I think for some people, shoes really help fill that. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain it, but there, to me, there's nothing better than like somebody's just like nice kicks. Thanks, man. (laughs) Dude, you know, I usually up until two days ago, I guess four days ago, I would have just, I would have just laughed and moved on. I actually know what you're talking about. What I did over the weekend is, uh, so I went to a, I'm down in Austin for people who don't know. And I went to the Seahawks like meetup. They have a watch party at this bar and it's packed. It's busy. It's fun. It's called little Woodrow's. If you're in the Austin area, you'll probably see me there on Sundays. But, um, uh, I rolled in the first time and I was just wearing like a t-shirt, whatever. And uh, I noticed like nobody talked to me. So I was like, all right, like I gotta get some gear. I gotta rep my city. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm mostly a Sounders fan, but I like the Hawks, you know, and like the Kraken's coming out. It's like, what the heck do I go with? So I finally settled on a number 11 Detlef shrimp Jersey, old school. We talked about it on the cast. Yeah. So I finally wore that thing out, Matt. Literally. I kid you not. You can't make this up. Literally the first person I walked by goes, dude, sick Jersey, bro. <laughs> I was like, let's fucking go. Let's go. And uh, yeah, and then I blended right in and like actually made friends. It was cool. Yeah. The last Seahawks game I went to, well, tailgated that Thursday night game I was wearing, which I love that people give me credit for the jersey, even though it's my buddy Sean's. But it's a Corn Robinson old school Puma jersey. People are like, like one guy was like, where are you getting these jerseys? Everybody's got cool throwbacks. And I'm like, Sean's just had this thing in his mom's house for like 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, dude, people were hyping that jersey up, man. People were feeling you. It felt like uh, it felt like a little cheat code was unlocked. Yeah, right. I was gonna say you were there. People, people love that stuff. Plus the deadlift shrimp, man. Like I met that guy once before a Sounders game, and I've met a lot of famous people. I don't know how to explain it. When I met him, I was like, holy cow! Like, I actually got starstruck, and I was like, fucking legend, shaking my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about sports. Because I, you guys watch, every, we all watch the NFL, right? Oh yeah. So this year they have a new rule about taunting. Oh boy, yeah. All right. I mean, I'm sure we agree. We might disagree, but I'm just like, I, I, I don't care. Like they're pro athletes that play a game. Like, what does it matter if you taunt the other guy or talk some mess to him? Hmm. Dude, yeah. go ahead, Matt. Man, yeah, it's uh, they call it the they've been calling it the no fun league since like I remember it was Troy Polamalu the first that said that. I can't remember who said it, but but yeah, it's it for a while. 
no fun league has just got it's like become a self-fulfilling prophecy and that yeah i mean some of the calls too like i can understand that it's a it's a rule within an extent but the way that they're calling them this year is just so ridiculous there's been a few against the hawks and like i've seen it on the sunday night games and it's just it just takes the fun out of the game and uh yeah, there ruins the the whole pace, and yeah, I don't know. It's usually after a sick play, like right, a taunting, like unnecessary roughness. A lot of times, like those personal fouls, things like they come after a play where it's like, hey, they're getting too rowdy, you know. Like there's a line there, I don't know where it is. Sometimes I don't like those calls, but the taunting. Like, not only are they being ticky-tacky about it this year, but they're doing it after these, like, monumental mo- uh, moments that are just, like, so epic on the plays, and the guys just celebrate and have a good time. Yeah. Dude, I feel like bureaucracies always get bigger and more bloated, and they're never removing rules. They always make things more complicated, add more and more red tape. Like, you know, we saw the targeting thing, like the no celebrations after a touchdown thing with college and whatever. Like, it's just, you know, they're adding more and more rules. And then you add on top of like, this is an entertainment product. I, Ted, I, I see the one. Away. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a the second. NFL, you can celebrate. They brought back touchdown rules. So they do change once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like, in terms of like, you know, it's like the, the creep, like they, there's no celebrating in college, right? No, but there never has been. Oh, okay. Well, so, all right. So basically for me, it was like the, the targeting thing I thought was kind of weird. And then there was like, dude, what was that other rule they added? Um, shoot. I don't know. But yeah, like no, um, like, like this rule, it's just like, yeah, taking the fun out of it. Like at the end of the day, what do they really sell? Like they're selling emotion. This is an entertainment, uh, you know, like business. And so you want the like, raw emotion, whether it's positive or negative. Like, you know, if somebody taunts your team, like you hate that guy, but that keeps you tuning in in the same way that, you know, the WWE always has a heel. I mean, and, and vice versa, like, plus that just takes a lot of the fun, like, okay, people can make the sportsmanship argument, whatever, but it's also like, dude, it's like a fun, crazy, cool game. Like it makes it more fun to watch when you see like the real raw emotions and rivalries and stuff out there, I think. And so like, from a business standpoint, I would never do that if I was the NFL, but then also just like from like a, like, let's just enjoy our lives. Like, it's just too many rules, too much red tape. I, I can't deal with it at all. No support here. Yeah. And right. I'm just saying to their credit, they did. You can celebrate like group wise in the end zone again, but I would also say this too, is like, number one, you're talking about pro football. So those guys have to get so hyped up to go play that sport to begin with. And then number two is like with taunting, like, like some people talk trash. That's never like been a huge thing in my game, plus it's cornhole. But also like trash talking works, but it also backfires. Because sometimes you get that quiet guy across the line from you who hasn't said a word all day and he's <laughs> going to clean your clock the first chance he gets, right? So I'm like, I, I, I get the theory that talking shit is bad and you shouldn't be taunting people, but also it helps fire up some dudes too. You know, some people need that fire underneath them. Yeah, totally. And yeah, it's just like, you know, you're playing, it's an emotional game. I mean, these guys' careers are on the line. Like they also, for the most part, probably enjoy it. And then, yeah, you have to get so fired up to not feel the pain of being in an NFL game. I mean, those guys are like 
jacked up out of their minds. You only get to play what 10 or 14 games a year or something, you know, and you, you base your whole life training around that. Like, of course you're going to have some emotion and be like, F that guy or celebrate yourselves or whatever. It's like, that seems to strip so much of like the, the human element from it, that it really waters it down. I think not only as a product, but as an experience and as a fan, I want to see how those guys are feeling, you know, even if it's against my own interests, even if it's like, you know, Richard Sherman, when he's playing for San Francisco, like rubbing in our face, like it's all good. You know, sometimes you're the dog and other days you're the hydrant boys. And also too, like I fathom some stuff, right? Like, I, I don't need a defensive lineman to give me a dance every time he makes a tackle or for loss, right? But also, like, man, you're running. DJ Raji, though. You're over there, right? Oh, BC boy. You, I mean, you you correctly hit somebody. You, you know, it's a good play, and you stand up and you go face mask to face mask and just remind him, you know, like, I got you. I'm going to be here all day. And that's 15 yards. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's, I mean, that's the thing, too. I go back and forth with footballs. It's like, and I'm sure I'll catch heat on this. I'm fine with kids not wearing a helmet and just playing seven on seven till you get to high school. Right. Like I don't, and I youth football needs to be there, but like, don't have them hitting there's hybrid versions, but like when you get to college and the NFL, like it's still football. Like either, either we just say we can't play the game or, you know what I mean? Like we, we still got to hit. I mean, that's, that's one of the, you know, granted I played when I played, you know, a little bit of football, like I played defense, but like, that's part of it. It's hitting weather. Go hit somebody. Yeah, dude. And that's, that's always been my issue with uh, how much they defend quarterbacks. I really have a problem with that. It's just like they're on the field. I get that they're these like $200 million franchise quarterbacks or whatever, but I think they should be just as eligible as any other player to take a shot. And like, that's part of the danger of the position. Maybe you need more of a running quarterback, you know, like maybe you can't just have him sit in that pocket and get blindsided. He's got to be on the move. So I don't like, you know, the, the sliding, the targeting, the whatever, like, I, I think that they, sh you know, I don't think you should have special rules for a single position. That's my feeling. Yeah, I'm with you. Sometimes, right, the quarterback's just going to get hit. Now, look, when he's when he's sliding and giving up his body and you you pop him, I go, okay. Yeah. I see why that's a foul. But, like, right, if the left tackle can't block my right end and he's getting in there, like, that's not our fault. You need a better left tackle. or Welcome to Thunderdome. Yeah, get yeah. a chip on him. I don't know. Maybe put an extra hand on him. I mean, look, Aaron Donald is single-handedly ruining the Seahawks franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know I mean, he listens, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that would be amazing. He didn't even like, thanks, Ted. Like, Aaron Donald, if you're waiting for approval from the podcast, like, I don't know what you're – like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, you need some self-esteem coaching. <laughs> Doing your research in the long, wrong library, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that one i don't know that one's just been annoying me and like yeah i don't know there's part of it too like it's funny because like you can't taunt on the field the game's gotten softer but yet it seems like every time i watch an nfl game people in the stands are getting more violent way more aggressive some of those people are us ted <laughs> i've never been in a fight at a pro sporting event oh no i, I thought you were talking about the things they yell at the uh players i don't yell nothing bad Ted Smith, I've, I've been to a Sounders game with you. I know those players warm up right in front of your boy's bench. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm pretty strict. Like, you don't – like, 
you can chirp them. They're athletes. They're pro yeah. athletes. That, that's more what I meant. It's just like that the fans are, you know, kind of rowdy and saying stuff to the players and whatever. Like, not that it's anything specific, you know, or like, uh, like swearing, but I thought you were saying with, um, with crowds being rowdy or not them fighting each other, but basically like what they're allowed to get away with relative to the players, you know, cause it's like short of throwing something onto the field. I feel like fans pretty much have the run of the place. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're saying. If you're just having fun, like I always say, like, I don't mind, like, I'll boo everybody. You've seen me boo. Like, I always give people a hard time. But, like, there's kids there. You don't curse. And the fighting and the stance. I just never understand it. Like, nobody's fighting on the field. Like, why are you fighting? And then sometimes it's player, it's people in the same fandom. You know, like, you'll see, like, Raiders fans fighting with each other, Niners fans or Hawks fans. It's like, what are we doing? Dude, I think, man, it's tough to say, but I feel like it's some externalization of their like, well, they're like, okay. I, I feel like football is a game of like, you know, it's all about the pursuit of freedom, right? Like you're battling to try to break through the other line and like, you know, break free and get a touchdown and like gain freedom. So it's like, you know, and it's an aggressive uh, masculine type game, like that type of energy. And so I, sometimes I feel like, in in crowds like that or crowds at MMA events, there's some misplaced testosterone. You even see it if you're like watching an NFL game and like a big group of guys where I feel like they just want to like externalize that, um, you know, desire or drive. And sometimes, you know, two fans who have had a few beers, so they're going like a little more primal, like a little deeper in the brainstem, not so much like prefrontal cortex. They just, you know, it, I mean, it gets to that level. Yeah, I wonder, too, if, like, the pandemic didn't have something to do with it. I mean, there was always fights. It just seems like, it seems like every Monday, all I do is watch, like, people like people getting in brawls in stadiums. I'm just like, what are you doing? Dude, yeah. sorry, I paused. I just saw a cockroach creep by me. I'm on the 33rd floor, and those things are massive. Freaked wow. me out. Have you guys ever seen one in person? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, we don't have them in Seattle. Matt, have you seen them? Yeah, I saw him in Manhattan Beach growing up. God, man. I just I'm like a little yeah. alien. <laughs> well, All right, boys. Well, just know also if you see one, there's probably like a hundred of them around you. That's comforting. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> right? You only saw the one. I already feel them crawling on my legs. <laughs> how, I mean, how do they get up to the 33rd floor? I mean, I assume they use the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Smith, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, it's a cockroach, man. Like those little bastards will climb up poles, anything. I mean, they show up everywhere. Like cockroaches and rats, man. Like it's like, how are they here? I'm like, they're they just show up, dude. Th- this is a real like foot in mouth moment. I'll t- I'll tell you real quick. This won't take long, but so I just moved into a new building in Austin. And I was bitching literally today. I was like, $15 for pest control. I was like, what What are we paying for pest control? We're in a skyscraper. Like, there's no <laughs> pests in a skyscraper. And I was like, how many units are in this building? Seriously, how many units do you think? Not to the people who work here, but uh, to my friend who's who is over at my place. And I was like, all right, so let's say there's like, you know, 300 units in this building. Like, how much are we paying this pet? Do we have a full-time pest control guy that's like, you know, five <laughs> And a month, like, does he just go and just circle the base of this building spraying constantly? Cause like, it's not like those pests are like, you know, getting up to the 20th floor or whatever. And here we are. So, you know, shame on me. 
<laughs> I was going off too. I'm yeah. embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> like, think about that. Like, does every skyscraper have one guy that just like every day he shows up to work? He's like, my only job is just like, you know, <laughs> keep this, hold the line around the edge of this building. I mean, it's uh, obviously an issue. Like, I, like number one, it clearly is. But number two, like you saw, you saw one, so it's like, right? Yeah, I, I would pay that fifteen dollars a month. I know. Now I'm gonna pay it happily, but I'm just. <sighs> Why they're not doing their job, dude? Okay, Matt. Now you're really gonna get me turned up because that's the, it's the same situation at Pike Place, man, where we have our shop. We pay a crazy amount for pest control. I've seen the guy once in my life. And we pay a crazy amount every month and they just don't exist. You know, like we've been lucky because we don't have a lot of like, you know, food in our shop. It's just like sugar and kernels and stuff like that. It's not really stuff that they like, but man, like I've heard people having crazy, like ant infestations, like all kinds of bugs and stuff. I'm like, where are these pest control guys? But anyway, yeah. you just hot button issue, bro. Hot button <laughs> issue. Not now. Well, think of how many could be in there if you didn't have the pest control guy. Right. Don't play with me, Ted Smith. I mean, like, from what I can tell, you're living you're living in Joe's apartment, which is a deep reference that you guys won't get. But yeah, I, I don't know. Don't let that stop you. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it makes uh, me happy. That there's people out there that got it. Yeah, I'm sure somebody got it. So many times, references go over my head, and they're directed at me. Here, it's like, oh, other people got it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, why, why every time, why do I feel broke every time I talk to you? You always have like these exotic backgrounds. Like now you've got some really nice furniture in the background, some crazy headboard. It's like, you know, it's always the middle of the road guy. I always look like I'm in some like, you know, what's that movie hostel where people are getting abducted with the pipes are mad. And you just always look like you're in the lap of luxury. <laughs> man, you gotta have high ceilings in the desert. It gets hot. It's ah, man. Yeah, it's a necessity, and that's not a luxury down here. Uh, all right, so I have some uh, <clears throat> some fun personal news about a mutual friend of ours. The mayor himself, Joe, was back between the posts for me this weekend at Pub Week. What? What? Oh, oh yeah, got Joe out playing keeper. Joe stepping back out on the pitch? Oh, yeah. That guy hasn't played a sport in years. Yeah, he went – he gave up one in the first game, and then we we drew one one, and then we won the second game one nil. He had a clean sheet. Wow, Joe, let's go. Do you have some saves? He did actually. Yeah, he had a couple of diving saves. Like I was like, like you played racquetball with him, but as long as I've known Joe, outside of like walking around or bicycling around the desert, like we've never done sports together. And I was like, oh, okay, Joe, you got this. You got this in you. Not, did he suit up? Like was he like what was he wearing? Oh, dude, he showed up in his own, like, red, like, Leon keeper kit and had his, had his mitts and everything, right? And I was just like, great, I'm going to play up front, or I'm going to play the field today because our, <laughs> our other keeper was out. Dude, that's crazy. For people who don't know, this Joe character is, he's an attorney, and he's usually just, like, you know, very, like, dapper, button-down, blazer, like, nice shirt on, tie, you know, spends time at some of the more, more expensive uh bars and restaurants in seattle to hear him just suiting up and getting down and dirty i love that man that's good to hear yeah oh he was on it dude like i was impressed i was like all right but it's also funny because it's joe so in the second game at one point i hear i just hear joe once in a while I'll go hey smith and i like turn around he's like go get me go get a goal and i was like all right all right <laughs> <laughs> which 
I missed. I ra- That's I mean, what I, yeah, I was going to be my next question. Now I had one off the t- I had one off the crossbar, and then I had uh, that one was a rocket, but it hit the post and went out. Dang, you banged one off the crossbar. Nice. Oh, Gotta yeah. keep that head down, son. I God damn it! I know. Brett showed up <laughs> to watch, and we get in his car, and I go, "I've got to keep my head down when I straight." He's like, "I'm, I'm not going to say anything." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll send you the picture of us uh, enjoying a beer afterwards. Nice. Uh, yeah, you, well, the other funny thing is, too, is like, and this will sound bad, but like no, none of my other friends, like, I mean, I have friends in the league, but nobody else had played before. So like when I was playing defense, like I like clearing a ball, but clearing a ball when looking at Joe, it's like I just gave him a wink. I was like, I got you. See ball, clear ball. It's kind of defense. I'm going to play in front of you all fucking day. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Wait, so you played a little a little bit of striker too? It sounds like you guys had two games. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We always played two. Yeah, again, for people that don't know, public seven v seven. So it's not like I'm running the full field. But yeah, I played played some striker, played a little defense, but god damn it, man. I'm getting better about uh what do you call it? Like, you know, like control, you know, when somebody they're like collecting the balls and stuff. Yeah. And now I'm playing center mid and I'm just sucking wind. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm tired playing that. Ted, that's the best position, man. That was my position for years. It's the field general. You don't score a lot of goals, but you get a lot of assists, which is fun. And you get to dictate the pace of the game, you know? Yeah. I did I did have an assist in the first game. Yeah, I was playing up front, and my buddy JP was playing uh, center mid. We had a nice little give and go, and it was just wide open. I was like, all right, now we're playing soccer. Assists are better than goals, man. It feels good, doesn't it? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you're just like, fuck yeah. Mm, you just hit like a little seam ball through or something and they just run onto it. You're like, yep, that's, that's going in. Good luck. I know. And I almost feel more frustrated when I hit a pass too heavy and it's in like the person can't catch up to it. I'm like, ah, uh. like when I miss a shot on goal, it's one thing, but like that, it's like, damn it. They made the correct run. That's just on me. Like that, that's more frustrating. Are y'all playing on field turf or grass field turf? Yeah, those those balls get away from me on field turf. Astro turf is even worse. It's so hard to time those through. I mean, you can just zip those passes, but it's like to put one through and have them run onto it, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Well, so don't don't beat yourself up, man. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt. We'll take a little break here, and truthfully, I gotta change over my laundry. <laughs> but it's Tuesday. I'm always what, doing something. What doesn't he do? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll be back in a sec. All right, we're back. Thanks to our sponsors. And uh, Cobb, we've got some emails there. Yep. The, uh, the Cobb topic was, when did you realize you were old? Hey, gentlemen of the greatest podcast in all the land. All the, all land. the land. I have two. I first realized I was old when I was talking with one of our interns and told her I got my first cell phone in 1996. And she quickly told me she wasn't even born yet. Oh, God, that, that hurts. Uh, then the second one was this year when our new intern was only 20 and was born in this century. Basically, I could be a parent of every new hire under 25 we get. Dustin in Linwood. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like the new thing, right? At the bars, all they have to see is a 19. Oh, God. <laughs> Boys. It's like 19, whatever, sir. You're fine. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Have a great time. I, I, now I have that weird, like, they, you know, they have to check your ID. Like, I have that weird look with the bouncer where it's just like, just give it to me, dude. 
Like, cause I, I've looked 45 since I was 18, but he's just like, I like, you know, just the, the pageantry of it. It's like a, it's like security theater, you know, it's not fun for either of us. Like two self-respecting men shouldn't have to have that combo. Dude. I, I mean, like I get both sides of the argument. It's easier just to say we card everybody, but also like that was one really nice thing about London. Like, unless you look close to 21, they don't card you. They're just like, I kept pulling mine out and they're like, uh, no nah, mate, get in there. Yeah. Like get on in there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how did I know I was getting old? Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the, all land. the land. Before we start, just a quick shout out to Miami Jake, aka the legend. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I realized I was getting old when college players younger than me uh, are getting drafted. I turned 31 in August and was born in 1990. It hurts when I hear reporters saying this phenom coming out of Ohio State was born in 2001. Like, bruh. I was in fifth grade when this guy was born. That shit hurts. <laughs> also, when I see NFL player players labeled vets at 32, take care, gents. Jaden. Well, I'll tell you the other brutal one is like now there's only like three guys in the NFL that are actually older than me, right? Like Tom Brady, I think a kicker and like one other dude. Yeah, which granted I'm 40. So everybody 40 says it's not as old as it used to be, but also like in regular life, I don't, I don't feel that old, but in like professional sports, I am, I'm ancient. Yeah. You're past your prime. That's for sure. I mean, dude, for public though, you know, you're still a top draft pick. (laughs) I will say this was the first week we actually went out and got a beer after public. I was like, I'm putting the pub back in the public. Let's go. One of the commissioners was like, dude, don't say that. We're, we're trying hard. I was like, I, I was like, just, I just talk shit. Like, just, it's fine. It's, just, don't take it too serious. <laughs> uh, uh, hi, guys. Regarding last week's cop topic that I forgot to write in about all week and feeling old, uh, the thing that routinely makes me feel old, feel old is being reminded how old video games I played as a kid are. I'm not even that old. 30 isn't old, right? But seeing like 20-year-olds on game-oriented Discord servers talking about buying what they see as retro games kills me. They'll be excited to finally play the original Pokemon games or something, and I feel like my bones crumbling to dust. I remember buying those with birthday money back in 1998. I'm sure I made other people the same feel the same way when I was collecting some of the Super Nintendo stuff that came out when I was a baby, so uh, I guess it's come full circle. Yep, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> Uh, I don't know the, what this one's about. The, uh, the subject is hello. Hello, Ted, Cobb, and Matt. Uh, from the cop topic about a month ago, the last time I was a 10 out of 10 happy was when I went to see uh, Wyatt Olney and the wreckage at Tony V's in Everett last June. What was most memorable was when uh, there were issues during the song Welcome to Seattle at the most epic part of the song. Still, I had a good time. Uh, also, I was in the store and saw... Uh, Epsom salt labeled with CBD oil or something like that. Is it just a name grab or is that stuff legit? I just want your opinion. Uh, I know it doesn't get me high, but what is CBD? Matt? Whoa, whoa, you guys are throwing that at me. All right. My understanding is that it's a non psychoactive component from the marijuana plant or cannabis plant. Um, and it has a lot of healing properties that may or may not be fully proven or fully applicable to every single person that uses it. 
some of the industry is not entirely regulated and it's a very interesting time for CBD, but I think it's a legitimate like healing compound. And uh, you know, there's a lot of companies that are helping a lot of people legitimately and you know, it's, it's cool. People swear by it. So it must be working to some extent and how much of that's real and how much of that's placebo. I don't know, but I'm fascinated by the placebo effect. If it works for you, who the hell cares? I mean, look, there's a few CBD topicals I swear by, even my mom, right? Like she always has like sore back and stuff and she's tried everything. But like when she comes out here, I got her some flow oil. She was like, oh my God, my back actually feels good. But right, there's no psychoactive properties. The toughest thing I have is people always ask me, they go, can I take CBD if I get drug tested? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how that would, you know what I mean? Like, I don't sweat it because I don't get drug tested, but like, it's great for pain. Like all the, you know, a lot of the MMA athletes use it and this and that, but I don't see like NFL guys like pimping it. Yeah. Tell us Dr. Smith. <laughs> um, uh, did you see that Aaron Rodgers said uh, when he scored against the Bears he was quoted as saying all my effing life I own you I still own you I still own you to me it sounds like a new Slipknot song which hopefully will be out soon Matt get excited I was bummed with we are not your kind can't wait to give you all hugs whenever that will be Stevie the Packers fan yeah, I saw Aaron Rodgers, and honestly, like his record against the Bears is like twenty and four or something. So I'm like, yeah, he can. He said some lady shot him the double bird. That's why he's like, I fucking own you. I've always owned you. I'm like, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And if you're, uh, as I say, Stevie, like I like Pat McAfee. But like, if you, uh, Aaron Rodgers is on his show every Tuesday. And if you really want to know what Aaron Rodgers is thinking about and stuff, I would, I would suggest you check that out. And McAfee does a good job. They put everything up on Twitter. So you can just go to his Twitter feed and find it. But yeah, like he was saying today, he's like, he's like, man, if I have a bad game, I don't say anything. I don't care about the game. Then if I get fired up and talk trash, people say I'm being arrogant. He's like, I'm kind of stuck in between. I was like, yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> Under that microscope in the limelight, you know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's check in with what's matinee. Hey, what's good? What's matinee? Uh, before we get to what's matinee. Hey, what's good? What's matinee? Check out what's matinee. Hey, what's good? What's matinee? Uh, before we get to what's matinee. Hey, what's good? What's matinee? Check out what's back. All right. Uh, well, the weekend started on Friday. Took a impromptu trip to Leavenworth with Tyler to All right. check out the fall colors on the drive. Was like kind of a big component of it, and so uh, you know it was great. The Blewett Pass was just basically shut down for construction on a Friday in October as one of the main entryways into Leavenworth. So uh, we got a lot of extra time in the fall colors in the mountains. Blue <laughs> 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 pass. <laughs> that was great. You know, um, I peed in the the empty liter bottle of the uh, water because traffic was like at a standstill, and where we were, like if I went and peed, like. Somebody in some direction would most likely be able to see my junk from some angle. And it's 
it's too close. There wasn't any trees. There was like no coverage to make it be like, I don't care if people look like I'm peeing, but I want it to be the equivalent of like a urinal with a little stall on each side. You know what I mean? When we're at standstill levels of traffic, traffic's yep. flowing. I don't care. I'll let it flow anywhere. It's awesome. But at a standstill, I want to be respectful. There might be kids in the car. I'm not trying to get arrested. Like it's a whole thing. And so I peed in the leader bottle, but then I proudly got out and dumped it out in front of everybody. Like you all know what the hell just happened. Uh, <laughs> look at that volume. That is an impressive amount of volume. That's awesome. So, right. That was a fun moment of the trip. We had a great meal. We had a great time walking through uh, downtown. It was quiet, though. I don't know if, like, that traffic just threw off people or there wasn't a huge turnout to begin with. But for an October Friday in Leavenworth, it was, like, crazy not crowded on Friday night. Yeah, well, they, they didn't have Oktoberfest this year, and I saw they're moving it over to Wenatchee because it got kind of crazy in town there. Oh, they didn't have it? No. Yeah, it was in Wenatchee. But also, I think when, once you get to, like, early November, from what I can tell, that's kind of the dead time because Christmas, it's friggin' packed up there. Yeah. I've been over there in, like, February or something. It was pretty quiet. But, yeah, that, that doesn't shock me. It wasn't that busy. There's but, no yeah. Oktoberfest this year? I don't think there was one this year. And I think next year it starts in Wenatchee. Oh, you know what it was? There's no beer garden this year. Cause it was very much still like, Hey, it's Oktoberfest, but I think I didn't see a beer garden. Yeah. I just, I knew friends that went for years, but it sounded like a lot of years there. It got, it got wild. Okay. And I think eventually the people that ran that like live in the town were like, just move it over to Wenatchee. It's too yeah, small. there was a thing that said Oktoberfest is moving to Wenatchee. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's just like a regular ass middle of Washington town. Like this whole thing is Bavarian. Yeah, we have a full size German replica town. Like what? Where else would we do Oktoberfest? Right down the road in a regular town. I don't want to stay at a red lion. I want to stay in like a little schnitzel village thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, Broadwurst. Yeah. They're trying to make it a family friendly. It's supposed to be a family friendly town. I mean, I go over there and get drunk, but I mean, I don't I never went over for Oktoberfest. I just heard some of the stories and it's like, you know, people pissing in other people's front yards and this and that or just like, uh, all right, it, it's it, it turned into something else. I'll play devil's advocate. Ted, the families are taking over everything. We gave them Disneyland. We gave them the mall. We gave them the beach. I want Oktoberfest. <laughs> you can have it in Wenatchee. That's what I'm, it's yeah. It's Oktoberfest. I thought the whole thing was centered around beer. Maybe that's not what it's like in Germany, but like, that's a pretty big component. No, no, no. It, it is. But the reason that town exists is to get tourists there and families. And so they did Oktoberfest there. For, when I first started going there in like 2008, 2009, like I had been there and it was like they had the beer halls, but it wasn't like crazy. And then like a couple years later, it just turned into like, you know, it just turned into like, it felt like everybody from Kirkland was going. And then it was like, <laughs> right? yeah, it was like every, every bro from the East side started going. And again, I'm, I'm part bro, but like, it just, it turned into like a crazy, insane party. And I think finally the, the town folk were like, all right, you got to move it out. out. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I speak, I speak, bro. And you know what, Ted? I think you're part of the problem. I think ever since you've, you know, started hanging out with this chick, you're just a family man now. And like, oh, what about yeah. us, man? What about the alley cats out there? What about the people trying to scratch out some fun in this town? You know, oh, you're just kind of what she just stay at the red lion. Come on, what Peter Pan. Count chocolate. You used to be one of us. Now what you're Oktoberfest in Fremont. <laughs> <laughs> Ted, you used to like beer. I remember those days. Bye. <laughs> 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 he holds up a soda water. God dang you, Ted Smith. Oh, man. All right, Matt, what else? The money wouldn't say? change you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, the money. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and then I kind of sort of moved down to the desert, I think. I got a, yeah, I got a new job down here. So I booked a one-way flight because uh, I had a second interview at this awesome place that uh, I'll be training at. And then the interview went well, and I have orientation on Friday. So I'm still here. And then we'll figure out scheduling from Friday, like after Friday. And I might, you know, not start right away and go back up to Seattle for a bit, get some stuff and come back down. But yeah, really excited to be, uh, yeah, to be, living down here and training and it's going to be a cool opportunity at an awesome country club. I don't know. I don't think I'll say their name. There's uh, over a hundred down here. No yeah, one needs fine. to know. I said, I said too much wild shit on this podcast and I want to continue doing it for the people. So really my name is just MCTP from here on out. Everybody <laughs> got that? <laughs> Dude, I, I won't out you, but I will say to the people listening, this place is a big deal. We're pumped that Matt got this this uh, gig. It's a yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, and Matt, I'm coming down. I'm tired of everybody else going to Palm Springs. Like I'm like I gotta get down there. Yeah, no, I think I think I might get some visitors while I'm here. But you know, yeah, it's a seasonal gig. I'll be off in the summers and living that teacher life, and hopefully get back up to the Northwest or do some other traveling. And yeah, we'll see where it goes. But. You know, I love golf. I love fitness. And this is a place to be. So doing it. Nice. Well, congrats, man. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess it's about that time. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. All right. Well, uh, so I moved into a new apartment in Austin. And uh, for me, it was really hard, like, just justifying, like, okay, I'm just going to, like, move into an actual nice apartment and pay for it. I like feel like I, like, uh, you know, I jump from place to place, but I don't love spending money. And, uh, so the cop topic this week is what have you had to unlearn from your childhood? And I'll just say this, like moving into the apartment felt incredible and I'm so happy I did it, but you know, it's like just tough to let things go and they just get like deep Im- embedded into your, into your system. So, uh, boys and listeners at home with that, what have you had to unlearn from your childhood? Nothing too dark, please. Uh, feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com. I only say that because I have to read it. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, the first one was just being able to do stuff like athletically. Oh, yeah. Just certain things I just never thought I could do. I mean, like when I started playing in public, I was kind of shocked I could like run and, you know, I mean, I've been working out for a while and stuff, and I boxed, but that was all as an adult. But as a kid and stuff, like, you know, I was a fat little out of shape kid. So I didn't, Especially in high school, I didn't do all that stuff. I mean, I was three forty when I left high school, so like getting that back in as an adult, kind of, and sometimes too, like especially talking to women, I got to remind myself I don't still weigh three sixty, so I'm still 
that's always going to be a work. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I've noticed like, uh, you know, we've been friends for a long time. Like I've seen situations where like women are hitting on you and we walk away from it. And I'm just like, nothing. And you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, they were all over you. And you're like, they were, I'm like, yes, Jesus. That was like 45 minutes of, you know? Yeah. So totally old habits die hard, man. I like old mindsets, you know? Yeah, no, the, the, the confidence that like you're speaking about there, Ted is definitely something that I've had to develop. Like, I want to say that I've had to unlearn my own like self-criticism. Uh, but also I think that it keeps me sharp to an extent, you know, like, but some of the harshness of that self-criticism, uh, unlearning that has like unlocked a level of confidence, uh, that has allowed me to do some cool stuff. Um, and it's lesson I'm still I'm still unlearning it all the time, I feel like, but you know, just just knowing that like yeah, I I do things uh really differently and you know, but there's there's a way that I manage to get by. It just feels really unconventional sometimes, and so I'm like, all right, well, work hard, stay focused, and like do it your way then. And like, it works out pretty well. Uh, and that's something that I've been, you know, learning and, and testing confidence with a lot lately and including, yeah, this pending move and yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool lesson to keep learning of like, yeah, you deserve to be confident. Yeah, for sure. And some people, right. It's the opposite. And, 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 and for a lot of people, that stuff's always hard to learn or unlearn. I mean, I know some people that are still like, overly confident like what are you so confident about (laughs) (laughs) but it's also it's also one of those things too right like everybody has it so there's something that like is tough for them or whatever and like i i mean you know like people come to the studio and they're kind of scared to talk on the mic and it's easy for me to be like just don't sweat it but like because i don't sweat it you know what I mean? Yeah. Or when people, exactly. like for years, I had people like, just when you talk to women, just don't care. And it's like, right. You have that. I, I don't. But they're so hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> they're so hot. It's like looking at the surface of the sun, man. Yeah. It's like, damn it, man. I can make friends easy. Yeah. Uh, all I right. We'll be, we'll be back next week. And then the week after we're, uh, we're off. Cause I'm not sure. Am I in town? I don't know. But I don't have to work. So even if I'm in town, I'm probably watching Brett play volleyball. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there you go uh, for MCTP. That's how we know him now. For Kyle, I'm Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs> nice, dude. That was a 